Russ Bowerman, and you're listening to Grandiose Bullshit on CastBox. Prepare to get aroused. So for future reference, let me verify that when I told this story of getting my dick thrown up on, it's not the wildest sex story as in pleasurable. I myself am a married man. The story was more, it's wild for me because... You know what? In the 33 years I've been on fucking this hellacious fucking piece of land they call Earth, I've never had a woman throw up on my nether regions, sexually or not sexually. Um, but, shout out to my old lady, your mouth is the best. Like, I can't explain to y'all what a good blowjob's like. Like, I'm talking about your face looks like fucking Undertaker. Your eyes roll in the back of your head. Those nice fucking Egyptian costume sheets you bought, your grandma bought you at fucking Bed Bath & Beyond, they're in your butt crack right now. Because you clenched so goddamn hard. Your fucking soul is leaving your fucking nutsack. And this bad fucking bitch right here, she keeps sucking it. You're telling her, no, no, I'm too sensitive. Sound like Kevin Hart. This bitch ain't ready. That's kind of blowjobs my wife gets me. Oh, shit, man. By the way, as I was realizing, though, before you leave the topic, the kids nowadays are back in the Pokemon cards pretty hard. They are, and it's huge online, actually. Like, there's actually a huge community that'll watch. You know how they do toy unboxing and shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're actually, like, Pokemon pack unboxing. Yeah. Where one of the Twitch streamers that I watch, that's how we got big on uh, But no, YouTube. there's a darker side to it. Where people, <laughs> people will bet on if they get, like, a rare card or a holographic oh. card, and they'll bet live on YouTube or Twitch, but the bets are like handled through a third-party website, and people actually make money off that. You were saying dark, I was thinking more like, yeah, they're like prostitutes that are just yeah. doing shit for you, like Pokemon cards. Absolutely, I'd buy oh. off the grid, dude. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I got this holographic Charizard really How much, dude, holographic Charizard? I got a surfing Pikachu for a blowjob. Bang. So no, I was actually strapped for cash. So I was gonna steal my nephew's fucking Pokemon deck. I tried to sell it to Mason or something. Mason doesn't play Pokemon. Oh, one of y'all fucks. But the funniest thing was, I do, was like, people, I do know people that play Pokemon. There was a fucking one of the kids. It was my nephew? It was a random kid. <coughs> He's a dumbass. But he hid part of his deck. There's a little area outside the beach houses where it's like a shower station. So you come back from the beach, you gotta rinse off whatever. There's a bench, the kid left a fucking stack, probably like that much, about an inch thick of just random cards. So I'm in the middle of uh, helping with the cook and the crawfish, and I noticed there's like two Pokemon cards. I have no idea if they're fucking nice or not on the ground. They're wet. I was like, that's fucked up. And I thought they were my nephews at the time. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a good uncle. I'm going to go in here and pick these hoes up off the ground and them dry. What I didn't realize was, was uh, one of the people that was invited to that party was sitting on the deck of cards getting the meanest blowjob I've probably ever seen in live person. Pause. You're telling me somebody was sitting on a deck of Pokemon cards getting their dick blown? Yeah, this guy was trying to find a place where his girl could blow him where the party would realize. And so the shower area is closed off. What was the top card of the deck? Uh, it was stuck to his butt cheek and I wouldn't look at it. 
Because that could that's say pretty, something about pretty, that guy. That's pretty. Funny. If you're talking like For a sure, like yeah. a cloister, that's yeah, like a spiky vagina essentially. Oh yeah, I do know that. One. Yeah. Or if you're talking like, I don't know, man, like a, know. like a beedrill with the, with the drills up his ass. I don't know. I was just sitting there like the kids when they got those cars back. I was like, I'd probably burn every one of those cars. It was so close to a fucking... You definitely can't clean those at all. No, for sure, yeah. And, I mean, the fact that they were next to these butthole that goes by the name Nacho, you should throw those away. It's always Nacho. I hope there ain't no rare cars in that dick. But then, well, here's the thing, though. When I was writing that story down, it was the funniest thing to me. Was when I was writing this down, I was like, what can I add to make this story better? And I just thought about their phrase, gotta catch them all. <laughs> as in, as in. Yeah. Gotta catch them all. Well, that can go, go two ways. You gotta catch them all like STDs, or you gotta catch them all in the ass. For you sure. You figure out that there are people out there, and they hover around the dark web or the deep web, and they're called bug chasers. Uh, you're telling me about this. There, there's dark, like deep web people that go around, and there's a fucking community of them, and they actually try the hardest to get as many SCDs as possible and what the or fuck? transmit their powerful SCD-ridden bodies, how they can transmit it to other people, like, like I've, unknow- unknowingly. Like, I've heard something of that, of a sense of a lot of people that go to conventions, not a lot, but there are people that go to conventions, like higher up people, like rich people conventions, and they go there and they have essentially the bacteria of, not an airborne illness, but like something that you can put in the air to get a bunch of people sick and stuff like that to actually affect the stock market to where all these rich, powerful people can't go to work and might make bad decisions based on how sick they are. Like, that's a thing. It's so weird. That's pretty crazy. How do you get into that thought process of like... Okay, maybe if, instead of fuck, I mean, let's get him drunk and get some inside info. There's a, there's a lot of sadistic people in the world, bro. There is a hooker in Baytown that she is the first one in legal stature that actually got charged with attempted murder because she was HIV positive and willingly knew she was HIV positive and fucked like a bunch of dudes for like two years. Yeah. And they actually tracked down like her clientele list and like got all the names of these guys. Now this is like late 80s or 90s. This is actually never, when I read the story, it's never actually been a thing because like the counties or the law or like how do you, especially at that time when they just thought it was just, you know, when same sex people have unprotected sex and they get the HIV or the AID. <laughs> the single aid, the one, the one aid. Yeah, Anywho, they fucking found this hooker, man, and they charged her with like, how's that story? Almost like, yeah, it was like a hundred and eighty, like a att- like essentially the only way the DA could think of doing it was like calling it like attempted murder, because now these hundred and eighty fucking swinging dicks in Baytown. Which everybody's from the area knows they call it the dirty day for a reason, you fucks. Um, yeah, those dudes got a life sentence, bro. Like, they're fucking HIV positive from a hooker at a truck stop that kind of looked like you. 
I actually have a story. Oh shit! Yes. I was like, That's I'm actually related to a hooker. <laughs> kind of related to that. What's your name? Yeah. Is it Shirley? <laughs> from Garth Road? <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> if you're from the Bay Ten area, you clearly know Garth Road's that sketchy place where the hookers get picked up. I have a story, and I'll I'll, I'll shorten it because it's a long story. But I mean, essentially, we got an hour, dude. Yeah. So this is supposedly true. I don't know if you can figure if you can find it, but essentially, good-looking girl goes out to Austin nightclub. Okay. All right, sounds like a bad idea. Ends up making out with dude. We'll call him Jack. Okay. Goes back to the hotel, makes out with him. No sex, nothing. Clearly, she's not a whore. She didn't give it up. What's subjective? Let yeah, see. keep going. Yeah, no, I get you. But they're all whores, man. A couple weeks later, she gets uh, a sore, essentially, in her mouth. Of course she does. And she goes, she thinks nothing of it. A couple more weeks go by, and the sore turns into, uh, uh, essentially, a bigger sore or... <laughs> yeah, it's called infection. Yeah, an infection, there you go. <laughs> it's, called, it's called getting spread. Yeah. Yeah. So... Becky, you're a whore. She goes to the doctor, and the doctor's like, okay, you know, we'll look at this, we'll test it, no problem. So a week later, she goes back for the results. Results are negative for anything, essentially she just has a bacterial infection. Well, a couple months go by, and the infection doesn't stop. They put her on antibiotics, you know, blah, 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 nothing works. She develops... She develops... A small hole in her cheek. Ooh, the fuck! Like a you know a millimeter-sized hole. Yeah. So she goes back to the doctor. And the oh, doctor, outside or inside? On the on like 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 if you took a pin and put it straight through your cheek and pulled it back out. So for, yeah. So it started from the inside. Yeah, started from the inside. Yeah, exactly. So she goes to a different doctor. I, just, I mean, some people could look at it and say that's just another hole. Fuck. Depends on the size of your dick. For sure, and how aggressive you are. Absolutely. But keep going. But she goes to, the, to a new doctor, and the doctor's like, this isn't right. Like, <laughs> Nothing's right, dude. Yeah. yeah clearly. Yeah. Something's wrong. If I got to get a second opinion because of the hole in my face. Right, so they do some more tests. They do blood tests and everything. Got to wait for a week. So she goes back in a week, and she's walking through the lobby of whatever office there it is, and the doctor just happened to be coming down. This is the part I find very hard to believe. Okay. The doctor comes down from the elevator as he sees her and goes, quarantine. Damn. Just points at her and goes, quarantine. You're dirty, bitch. And so she's freaking out, going, what the fuck? Like, quarantine me? They put her in a quarantine. Nobody tells her anything. Full quarantine suit, full, full clean room, everything. Couple hours later, the doctor finally comes in and goes, "So you have a very rare flesh-eating disease." Who? Cool. They don't know how she got it. So months go by, and she—you ever seen the people with pierced cheeks? Yeah. Imagine a double zero pierced cheek. Is that's where she's at at this point? So they finally figure out after her 
recollecting and going through all these things of all these events and everything. She's like, well, I kissed a guy in Austin. She finds the info for this dude. The dude is like not a serial murderer or anything, but a guy that knowingly has a flesh-eating bacteria living in his body and will go around and, and just make out with people and pass it like that. Jesus. So for the rest of her life, this is a non-curable disease. Keep us in the weirdo, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> so for the rest of her life, that will essentially grow to where the point of she will lose all of her cheek and the dude went to jail, went to prison because he knowingly passed this disease onto her. And there were other cases that they found in the Austin area of the exact same thing. So the dude was literally going around knowing he had this and the fucked up thing was he didn't have it on his mouth or anything. He had it on his legs. So he had big, huge chunks of flesh missing on his legs, but wear some pants. No problem. Yeah. She's like, pull your now, pants don't, down. Don't fuck. Pull your pants down and his blowjob goes, I'm like, that's, that's right probably now. how he feels every day. Put some pants on. No problem. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I heard that story years ago and I've heard it from multiple people that are like, Jeez. like especially going to Austin and be like, yo, is this true? People would be like, yeah, that, that really happened. I haven't found it on the web or anything, but like, I haven't done too much dating. No, yeah, sure. But it's like a six street story or something. I mean, Austin. Is Very much so, yeah. This is a dirty fucking town. Yeah. Live there for a very short time. Would not recommend it unless you just can't afford to drink literally every day and you have like a robot liver. And you're drinking craft beer, which is expensive and terrible. Most I was drinking time. more liquor there than anything because like you go to Cheers and like anytime before fucking nine o'clock you get like one dollar wells. Yeah, so I'm just like even, everything. Even, I, could. I mean, it's been years since I've been in Sixth Street, but I remember the last two times I went, which were only but you were too apart. Lone Stars were the cheaper beer than anything else on there, and they were always tall boys. So every time I went Sixth Street, I would just go bar to bar. My uh, the last time I went to Sixth Street, we were playing Elysium for a vexation show, which was me and Curtis. Not five minutes into it, we park in Austin on Sixth Street. We're walking up, and this homeless dude comes up to us, and he's like, "Hey man, you got a cigarette?" No man, I don't have an extra cigarette. I only got a couple to last me the night. Well, can I hit the one you're smoking? No, you absolutely can't. There's a guy going around here with flesh-eating disease on his penis, dude. No, you can't. <laughs> exactly. But no, so the dude's like, oh, yeah, fuck you, blah, you know, fuck you, whatever. And so he starts, like, following us, talking shit. Me and Curtis are drunk enough, because I don't, I, don't I don't ride along sober. Fuck that. So dude's talking shit, and me and Curtis are like, all right, the girls we were with, like Holly and whoever he was with, y'all walk in front of us in good ways. This might go down. And so dude starts walking up real close to us. The guys across the street start heckling the dude and being like, Hey, leave them alone. Leave them alone. Like, like fuck off. And so we're like, all right, cool, man. This is, you know, everybody else. It was like another homeless guy? No, it was like random bar patrons. Because like I said, we're, on, so we're walking up to 6th Street. They probably know him. They're like, old Steve, heck with the fucking... Yeah, goddamn dirty Steve. <laughs> dirty <laughs> Steve trying to get a fucking half-lit cigarette. Yeah, and a fucking blowjob, hopefully. <laughs> no, but, uh, so we kind of walk off. We get to Elysium. 
sitting on the patio, whatever. The fucking dirty Steve comes back and he walks past us and he goes, Yeah, you fucking white inward wouldn't give me a cigarette. Where are you at now? And we just kind of look at him and there's like 30 people around us and they're all just like looking at this dude and we're like, We're at Elysium in Austin. What? Where are you at? And he's like, Man, I don't need your shit. I got plenty of other shit around here. And the dude walks off. <laughs> fucking funny enough, as he walks to the next street over, like we can still see him, he walks across the street, cop pulls up, lights him up, and like we didn't hear any of it. We, we just kind of watched it. But the cop just goes over to him and kind of like brings him to the car, talks to him, and immediately like puts him in handcuffs and puts him in the back of the car. And all we can think is, did he murder somebody for a cigarette? Did he like fight somebody for a cigarette? Probably like he probably walked by five bars that fucking know that his ass has been out there and they all probably be like, hey, this goddamn dirty Steve's out here again. Goddamn dirty Steve. Take him up and dump him out of the brain somewhere. But it was funny because we were literally like, we had just parked and that whole thing happened and I, I, I will always say this to the day. Austin was great 10 years ago. Now it fucking sucks. It really kind of comes full circle though because like you talk to somebody like uh, Travis and Austin, he'll tell you like when Six Tree wasn't even a thing and it was such a fucking dirt hole like fucking cesspool and then some guy just bought a bunch of buildings up and started trying to turn into what it is now and now it's kind of in full circle it's back to that same place I mean for all we know man Dirty Steve look dude hobos get arrested because it's cold outside you hear this fucking dumb shit out here in the hallway this fucking asshole acts like he actually has a job fucking pushing car you're a cart pushing motherfucker dude N- nothing against it dude you know what I mean I fucking I shovel shit one time for a living for all y'all that are orientating with this fucking fascist company, dude, you're gonna go to hell. Okay? And when you're in hell, you're gonna realize you brought yourself there. That's your fault. And all you have to do is hook up XLR cables. Except yeah. they're all female to female. Yeah. But Steve was probably just trying to get a hot and a cot. You know what I mean? He's just like, I know if I ask for enough cigarettes, somebody's gonna call the cops on me. Also, this is really kind of y'all's fault. If you think about it from the outside looking in, and here's my advice to people. If a hobo is bothering you, guess what? Is it that much easier to give him a cigarette than to have to hear that motherfucker yibber-yabber about aliens listening to his thoughts for 15 minutes as you're walking down the street? Yeah, but it goes back to that book of if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to ask for some milk. So if you no. give a hobo a cigarette, he's going to ask for some change. No, no, no. And they just, it just cycles. No, because after the second time, if he does come back to you, Hobos are really good about running through the fucking course. You know what I mean? Like, they usually don't try to hit somebody up the second time. If they do, guess what? You know, I don't even want to say that because I don't want to incriminate myself. I've never done I've never done anything fucked up to homeless people. Legally, where I got caught by the law. I was say, we got homegirl that walked by here. She's like, oh, my little, baller, my little ballerina dancer. Yeah, she's she's got a fucking rap for us, dude. No, was she like, really? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I had the music playing. And she's like, ooh, I like ooh. this song. That's she's like, like shit. Let me, let me dance to it. And then she's like, I want a cigarette. <laughs> 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 now, my, my fucking homeless story is, uh, homeless people's story is, uh, I was extremely fucking drunk driving 
through like Houston, <laughs> and we, I needed to stop and get gas. And uh, I watched bum fights <laughs> probably two nights prior. Yeah. <laughs> or while I was at work that day or the day before, I think. I'm fresh out of work. And uh, <clears throat> while I was watching it, uh, I just thought it was the fucking most hilarious thing ever. So whenever we got to this gas station I, to get gas, there was two homeless people outside of it, two homeless guys, and I figured, what can I get these guys do for ten dollars? <laughs> right? Probably ten bucks. I was gonna say ten bucks is kind of a lot for them. Dude, so my first instinct is go punch that fucking guy, give you ten dollars. <laughs> so immediately homeboy runs over there and tackles him into the street. They almost get ran over. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it was a little bit more aggressive than what I was thinking. Remember, remember that part where I was like, there's some sadistic people in the fucking world. <laughs> yeah, it's this guy with ten dollar bill. So you're so anyways, <laughs> I, I texted him at one point being like, dude, just fight me. He's gonna give us ten dollars, I'll share it with you. <laughs> yeah, buy uh, that and I was like, like, oh it which went down, five dollars. Oh, really? And I was like, Yeah, I gotta go break this inside. <laughs> <laughs> So no, I ended up giving him ten dollars, but it was definitely worth it. Hundred percent. Fight to the death. Ten dollars. Basically. I miss bum fights. But he was literally just talking about that. I just yeah. miss I miss like the actual video bum fights where you would see the Dude, just... what was that shit that Chris showed us that was like they went even deeper into the fucking remember that shit? It was uh, like really fucked no, up. No, yeah, no, yeah. So the what he showed us was a little different, but uh, my buddy got into this shit. Like he went through all the bum fights, and then some of the gas stations that sold bum fights, he started buying DVDs called "Crackheads Gone Wild." That is the most. Aggressive, I remember that shit. That is the most aggressive DVD I've ever seen. The first thirty minutes is kind of hilarious if you've ever just been around like a shitty neighborhood or seen crackheads. It's like the other hour. It's fucking depressing. Fuck dare. Fuck any kind of educational fucking class that you want to keep kids off of drugs. You want to know how you keep kids off of drugs? You scare the fucking shit out of them. You have a guy who tells you if you get bad cocaine, you'll shit your pants within the fucking first ten minutes. Don't, and that's the thing too is like, don't even fucking touch weed. This crackhead's gone wild. Literally made me like reconsider me snorting cocaine up my nose, and I was in my early twenties at the time. But there's a chick on there. What do you want? The fucked up videos. Like, there's a lot of like they make crackheads fight each other. Blah blah blah. That's bullshit. One of the videos is they're in Atlanta, Georgia. They go inside like a fucking smokehouse, and there's just motherfuckers all over the place. It's like a fucking two-story, six-bedroom house, and nobody lives in it anymore. It's like fucking dilapidated, and in every room is like a fucking smoke sesh, except one room. They walk in one room. And when they first walk in, they pan the room out, and you don't really know what you're looking at. You see a coffee can. They pan all the way over to the left, and there's another coffee can. And above that coffee can is a crackhead squat taking a shit. And you realize the dude's recording their crap house, like where they take a shit at. And they all shit in a coffee can and dump it out. And it's like, Jesus, man, at least the crackheads on my side town crap in a toilet they can't flush, you know what I mean? But there's in this one girl and it's kind of fucked up because I think in the video, no, it's not the cameraman. They find a guy that's trying to buy a fucking hooker. She's a crackhead. She gives him a blowjob. I even think he fucks. So you kind of watch a weird amateur porno in this fucking crackhead's going wild. She is crying the whole time. 
And before that happens, she like talks. That's, that's she talks about like her making the bad decision of like the route she went. Yeah, but she's saying the, that she's like, blowing this dude for money so she can buy crap. I think that was the clip that I saw that fucking Chris showed us that one day. He was like, yeah. he was like you, remember, you remember bum fights? He was like, man, I went down with no, fucking yeah. rapid No, because Chris, yeah, Chris found a video. It's the guy that did bum fights. He did the crackers in a while, but it's a documentary he made about doing yeah, the crackers in a while. Yeah. And so it's actually a lot more grotesque. <laughs> but yeah, it's dude, all, it was it's fucked all up, dude. Like, after I saw that, like at first you're kind of like, oh, yeah, it's kind of funny. And then maybe, maybe you're a regular person. You're like... They put themselves in that situation. Fuck them. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> Watching that bitch cry and sucking that penis by a dumpster. I was like, I can't do it no more, Lou. Turn that shit off, dude. How do you get hard right after a chick? <coughs> right after a chick is literally like, yeah. That's not fucked up people, though. I mean, it's, you're fucked up if you... It's sadistic. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're fucked up if you're sadistic where you're like, oh, I get hard watching people cry about their fucking troubles <laughs> and then I put my dick in their mouth. I don't know, man. I that's, that's I mean, if you're cool, dude. That's you. That's no, yeah, but that's pretty much. Nice is all right with fucking banging, crying, crackhead whores. I mean, it's twenty. How dare you talk about Holly like that? You did. I did. <laughs> you heard that. You made a reference to her soon-to-be fiance is a crackhead whore. <laughs> my, that's my crying about her bad decisions. My She's like my worst decision was dating a DJ. Even worse than that, a deathcore vocalist. She's like, there's some nights I wake up, he's in the closet screaming. <laughs> but it's not because he's fucked up in the head, it's because he's doing audio. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking gold right there. You to do vocals. <laughs> and you were I got these vocals from this guy in Scottsdale, Arizona. He's cooking meth right now, and he's about to drop a fucking Lincoln Park CD. Wildest strip club story, Wes. No, this is, this is not strip club story, this is... Referring back to the throw up story. Oh, so we're going, okay. Wildest puke story. <laughs> yeah. Placeholder. Yeah, if you, if you need that there. So, um, the old house that I used to live in, to, uh, live in, in Rosenberg, uh, all three of us were DJs that lived there. So we partied a lot, had a lot of ample fucking people that were willing to party with us and shit. So we just threw parties for fucking any holiday. Anyway. So had a had a house living three three fucking DJs in it. A lot of people that partied with us all pretty regularly. So we just threw parties for fucking no reason at all. Boxing day, fucking whatever it was, and uh, had these big ass house parties. And uh, this one we did on Thanksgiving, which was in retrospect probably an incredibly bad idea. Um, my homeboy brings this chick over that I had kind of like flirted with in passing like at bars and shit that we all frequent but um she came there with him and like later on in the night he was playing beer pong and me and her end up going hook it up he got pretty pissed off about that but the funniest part of the story is like immediately afterwards like immediately i'm like oh shit this chick is fucking wasted she's gonna fall asleep in my bed and just pukes like <laughs> An entire, probably several plates of fucking Thanksgiving food oh. in my bed, oh, <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm just, I'm looking. just standing in the in the doorway of my, <laughs> in the doorway looking at my bed like, what the fuck? So my homegirl, uh, Cat, who's a mutual friend of both of us, 
I like go out to the party and I'm fucking wasted too. And I'm like, dude, you have to fucking help me. Like, please. I was like, this is going to look really fucking stupid when you walk in here. But so she walks in. She's like, what the fuck? This chick doesn't even have pants on or like underwear or fucking anything. So Kat, being the amazing friend that she is, grabs this chick's panties, puts them on her, puts her fucking pants on, fucking gets her up, brings her back to homeboy and brought her to the party. All fucking wasted. And then we just like literally like parachute this this fucking like or like reverse parachute, I guess, all of this fucking puke in this blanket and just like walk it out to the fucking trash can in front of our house. And then uh I never saw her again. So that part was pretty good. So never had to have that awkward conversation. Yeah, once I threw up in my bed. Like an entire fucking Tables worth of fucking Thanksgiving food. So was there cranberry sauce? Dude, there was. It was literally. I kind of want to throw over now. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> at least yours was just beer. Mine was like. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. But yeah. So, y'all get to pick uh, weirdest strip club story. I only or, have one. Or, or craziest sex story. So I was dating this chick. We'll call her LP. Penis. Uh, Shout Smires. Take out the full name of the KC girl. That way I don't get sued later. Anyways, I was dating this chick named LP. And I was working at... Uh, I was working at ConocoPhillips in Mount Bellevue, Texas. With my brother's company. A well-known company out of Houston for the last 150 years. Blah, blah, blah. This and that. Anywho, I was working with these two guys. Uh, brother-in-laws. Uh, one was a welder, the other one was a fucking welder's helper. So, anyways, we probably worked on a job together for about a week. Payday rolls around. We're getting off early on a Thursday. These guys bring to me, let's go to a strip club. Alright, let's do it. So, if you are familiar with Mount Bellevue, Texas... The closest strip club we could find was off of I-10. Uh, let's see, the Federal Road area. And it was probably a little more west of Federal Road. I can't remember the name of the strip club now. But here's the catch. We roll up. I tell these guys off the bat. So I'm like, hey, we're in the wrong spot, man. This place right here is one of those places that sells booze, beer. You can't bring nothing in. They don't believe me. We roll in like three cases of beer. They turn it around. These guys are from Southeast Houston, but they really don't know where the fuck to go. And I'm like, look, dude, let's go to Show Palace. From my hometown in Pasadena, Texas, Show Palace is a butt naked. I've literally walked in that motherfucker with a keg one time and a fisherman's cooler another time. But we go there. And if you've ever worked in the petrochemical refinery industry, you'll know one thing. The sight of flame-retardant clothing. I was wearing what they would consider Nomex, which is blue. It's a little more lightweight. But I'm wearing, as the gangbangers would say, a full unit. I'm blued down the fuck up. I walk into Show Palace with these two guys that I've really only known for about a week. And just fucking that. It's so great living in a small town. You walk in, I see my boy, Nick Seezy. This crazy bastard. He's half white, half Spanish. 
And when he was locked up, he was one of the few white people that was an independent gangster crip. If you've ever been locked up in T.C., you know that's the thing. He was with his dad, never knew his dad, blah, 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 this and that. Well, Nick's fucking great thing was, sees my Nobex, he gets jealous. Because I want that unit. So I told him, I was like, I'll sell you a Nomex unit so you can have all blue shit to wear. Anyways, we sit there, me and these two guys, start having a couple beers, blah, blah, time goes by. My boy Nick goes back to hanging out with his dad, real father-son bonding time, you know, seeing some chick's butthole in your face. But at that moment, this chick for Show Palace, her name was Heather. She was from Anahuac, Texas. 6'4 white girl, all legs and fake titties with glow-in-the-dark nipple rings. She sits right in my lap, and I tell her off the rip, I get paid $24 an hour. I want to give you half my check, and let's do some weird shit tonight. Now, I say this because I'm a piece of shit. I was dating this girl, like I said earlier, LP. She is at another bar four miles down the road with my friends and her homegirls, and they all think I'm working late at the Conoco Phillips in Mount Bellevue, Texas. So I got Heather from Manawak sitting in my lap, and I'm just like, I just want to bury so many things in my body in between your chest. But my homeboy Nick rolls up, and he's like, don't let these hoes take advantage of you. <laughs> she gets crunk because, A, she doesn't know that we know each other. B, like any stripper, she doesn't like being called a hoe. <laughs> I'm not laughing at that, okay? <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want strippers to think that I think they're hoes. There's a lot of single moms and nurses that are working their way to a bigger goal. Taking her G-string off one song at a time. Shout out to T-Pain. But she stands up. She's aggressive. I ain't no hoe. My boy Nick looks at her, they make eye contact, and then he looks back at me and goes, like I said, Smokey, don't let these hoes take advantage of you. So she calls the bouncers over. Well, you know, the bouncers at Showpiles, they don't kick Nick out about 10,000 times, where actually they're friends. So Nick's trying to explain to them, you know, I'm trying to tell my boy not to waste his money. So I come to my boy's defense and tell the girl, no, I actually know the guy. But then I get on Nick's ass. I'm like, look, dude, I make $24 an hour. If I want to give my check to this stripper, that's my prerogative. He's like, respect. Walks away. Get a couple lap dances from this chick. But the funniest thing was, was later that night, it's her time to hit the main stage at Show Palace. And when she's dancing, I see these two fucking really drunk fucking... Hispanic gentlemen come into the place. And here's how I know they're that drunk. There's a gas station next door. So if you show up and it's BYOB and you don't got no beer, everybody just walks to the gas station. Well, these guys show up with two 24 Ducatis in both their hands. And I already know them off the rip. They spent all their money on cover charge and they couldn't afford any other beer than two 24s. So one of these guys slams it. He's got one left. Heather's up there popping her pussy, main stage. And he. Taco wise, folds the dollar bill and does the old credit card side on her vagina. She tells him off the grip. It's not that kind of place for a dollar. Maybe a Jackson or a Benji, who knows, you know? Uh, 
Anawak, you know, the fucking median income's really low, so these bitches are probably doing a lot of shit for $50. So the guy takes the warning. Not even a minute later, she's back in that same area of the stage, popping pussy. Shout out to Pimp C. And he starts slapping the dollar bill on her clit. And I see this bitch just fucking jack homeboy right in the face with a fucking porn hill. And instantly, blood is all over the fucking place. The bouncers are jumping on the sky. They're kicking him out. She's freaking out. Homeboy, his broken Spanglish, is holding his nose from bleeding and drinking his Ducati saying, I get it. I should have done that. We're cool. (laughs) No, Jose, you're not cool. (laughs) Sexual harassment is a thing. You know what I mean? But, yeah, and and the funniest thing is, is, like, fast forward four years later, I was in that same spot with some other random chick popper and pussy in my face. I could still see the blood stains on the floor. Fuck, dude, after after Russ's, mine's not even that great. No, I, can, I, can, I can edit it to make it great. I'm a part of it. Yeah, so I was, like, 23, you know, just a, a young single guy who, who's out there just trying to get his dick wet classic um well there was this mutual friend uh that i had and really was what it was is like i saw her on facebook and i knew she was a friend of a friend so i was like yo set me up and so like we all started hanging out together and shit and you know get her number we start talking and then we decided like hey let's go out to this bar now she lived up in the woodlands or conroe past the woodlands and i lived downtown Houston. So it was probably it was about like a 45 minute drive. We go I go up there, go to this bar, and now she's entertaining like all these dudes. But I'm like, fuck it, dude. Like they're buying her drinks, but she's still coming back with me, so I really don't give a fuck. But we have an alright time. It was kind of annoying, but you know, you stick with it. That way you get your dick sucked. And so, yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to put up with some shit just to make it happen. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah, so we go go back, and we're hanging out, start making out a little bit. She's like, let's go upstairs. And I'm like, all right, cool. That sounds awesome. Step one, accomplished. So we get upstairs, and it's like one of those open game room situations. It's not even a bedroom. And she has a fucking... No doors, no nothing. It's an open game room situation, and she has a fucking camping tent pitched pitched into this. No, not even a futon. She has a so so. It's a uh, she had. It was an open room, and she had a camping tent on the inside in the house, which was so fucking weird. Like walking up, I was like, "All right, this is fucking weird." And then she's like, yeah, you know, go ahead, go, go sit in. And she has like a couch on one side of the tent and then, <laughs> and then she's got a bed on the other side of the tent. <laughs> and so like, I mean, best head I think I've almost ever had. And it was, it was pretty superb, but we start getting it on and she, for most people, like they're into like the whole pain and whatnot. Like that's not really my thing. And so... So, like, I'm not into the whole, like, pain thing. You're not a masochist. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you want to nibble a little bit, like, that's cool. Just don't try to, like, eat my fucking face. You know? Just, like, a little nibble on the earlobe or something. I don't know. Just keep it, you know, a little casual, I guess. A little casual nibbling. And she's, like, biting chunks out of me. And then she's, like, digging her nails into the side of my arms. And I'm, I'm trying to be cool with it. And then at one point, she, uh... Yeah, she's like, look, I want to get on top. And I was like, all right, cool. And she's going. And, you know, it was really some more like uh, like uh, collateral damage type. But she smashed the fuck out of my balls. And so I'm just like bent over. I'm like, oh, motherfucker. Oh. And she's like, all right, hold on. She, she gets off. And she comes back. She lights a cigarette in her tent that's inside the house. <laughs> And I'm like, this is too fucking much, dude. I so I, I told her I was like, hey, look, I got I got to go to work. So I bit I, I dipped. It was like three in the morning, and I was like, yeah, I got work at seven, <laughs> which was not true. But I, I I had to get the fuck out of there, dude. Next thing I knew, she was gonna be like trying to bust out chains and whips and beat my ass or something, and I was not doing it. But yeah, that's uh, I think that. That's my worst and uh, wildest sex story. So, it's my uh, my cousin's fiance's bachelor party. Fantasy Houston, all forty five, fully butt naked. <coughs> Great place. Weird, weird vibe. Got a very uh, I don't want to sound racist, but a, a Spanish lineup that night. I'm cool with it. Hispanic is the correct term. Hispanic lineup that night. They're not from Spain. You don't know that. I mean, they could. This club is just full of Spaniards. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we're we're chilling. You know, let you bring your own alcohol in. They just provide the mixers, as most butt nakeds do. We're drinking. Everybody had pre-gamed. I'm like 18 at the time. Whatever. Still drinking. No big deal. My uncle, who shall not be named, is like, hey, Smyers, you want to get a lap dance? I was like, yeah, man. I ain't never had a lap dance. Let's go. He's like, pick one out. I'm like, all right, cool. So I pick one out. Her name is Letitia. Weird name for a Hispanic chick, but I'm with it. Fine as fuck. Thick as shit. Nice booty. Nice titties. Let's go. She takes me back to the private room. It's apparently $60 for a lap dance, which is expensive. It's very expensive. That's about right, though. Uh, for a private room lap dance? Yeah, private room, yeah. I've never... I'm just a regular lap dance, like 20, 30. Exactly, I, I heard... over 30, fuck off. Yeah, exactly. Over 30, you're full of handsy. But the, again, butt naked club. So we walk back, takes you by the hand, boom, hey, you know, this is cool. Get back in the room. She's like, what do you want to do? I was like, uh... I'd like to see you naked. She's like, okay, cool. Strips fully naked. Now, the DJ was playing really good shit up until this point. Get low by T by T Pain, you know, or whoever. Well, like T-Pain. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> whatever. I'm in love with a stripper, T Wayne, whoever the fuck. So he flips the script on me. 
She takes all of her clothes off, and the second she is naked, I hear, I tear my heart open. (laughs) This fool put on Scars by Papa Roach, and she just goes. She doesn't even miss a beat, nothing. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I love this song. Just sitting there, chilling. And she's grinding. She's doing her thing. She's like, you want to touch me? I'm like, yeah, I'll touch you. She's like, don't touch, don't touch my pussy. Don't touch my pussy. And I was like, all right, cool. You touch my titties, my ass, whatever. I'm like, bet, cool. Feeling on her, whatever. But Scars is playing in the background. So you're like, I, I tear like, my heart open up. Trying, trying not to cry. Same trying thing. not to. It's a weird vibe. <laughs> it's a very weird vibe. Was she crying or were you crying? I was crying. <laughs> But like, like boner tears, you know, where you're like, this feels great, but I'm sad. Letitia heard that song six times that night already. Exactly. Fucking John Boy. She ran ran out of tears. Fucking John Boy on decks is just like, you know, the whole time, whatever. So Scars finishes. You get two songs. And I'm like, there's no way this could get worse. There's no way he could play something worse. So, the next song he plays is Lost Prophets Standing on the Rooftops. So, I'm getting grinded on by a Hispanic girl, very thick, to Standing on the Rooftops, Everybody Scream Your Heart Out. Very emo. My style, I'm with it. In that, in that time, I'm very with that music. But it's a weird thing. Like it's a very have, non-sexual like music yeah. for me. I feel like they may have done that on purpose. Maybe. <laughs> Small white boy, goth-looking dude. Yeah, they're like, he's going to the private room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that song finishes. And, you know, she, she does her best. It's, it's cool, you know. It's, I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm trying to visualize this in my head right now. Dude, just imagine standing on the rooftops, everybody scream your heart out. Like, dude. Yeah, it was weird. I'm gonna like play that song and like look up a video of like some chick twerking later. Like, Do it. It's weird. But anyways, so she finishes and I'm like, yeah, that was great. And she looks at me and she goes, yeah, it's um, customary to tip. I didn't know that. It's like my first time in a strip club. So I have no money on me. I'm like 18. Shouldn't even be drinking. I'm like half drunk. So I look at her and I was like, Oh, yeah, my, uh, my uncle said he'd cover that. Let's go to him. He had dropped 60 bucks already. My uncle's not the type of person to drop a bunch of money randomly. So we walk out of the private room, go back, and as I'm walking up to our table, the bachelor, who is my cousin's fiance at the time, we'll call him Jarrett. It's very close to his name. Uh, Jarrett walks up and goes, Hey! You fucking dance with my girl? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, that's my girl right there. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? Dude, like, whoa, dude, like, 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 chill the fuck out. Yeah, this so guy's getting his married. Beyonce's a stripper. No. She's <laughs> not at all. That was just the girl that he was after for the night. Exactly. That was his fucking target for the night. So I'm like, I'm like, Jared, whoa, dude, slow down. Jared's like 24, 26, somewhere in there. So he looks at me and goes, I bet, and pecks me in the face. 
just straight decks me in the face. Now, my other uncle, we'll call him Hefe, very close to his name. <laughs> yeah. No, he's very white, but it's close enough. Whatever. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You did not just hit Smyers. Like, what the fuck's going on? Bouncers all over him. Take him outside. Rough him up a little bit. Hefe is like, yo, just throw him in the car when you're done with him. Just throw him in my truck. No big deal. So they throw, they throw Jared in the truck. Hefe's out there fucking doing his shit, you know, fucking calming him down, whatever. I'm bleeding from the eye in a strip club. I'm 18. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going I just got a lap dance. Like, I got half wood and a black eye. So I'm very sexually confused. The blood in your body did not know go. Exactly. If it triggered anything, I know a girl who will beat the fuck out of you and suck your dick. Not into it. Not into it. Also, I'm getting married. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Anyways. So... My other uncle comes up, the one to pay for the dance, and he's like, yo, man, I'm so sorry. Like, that was a fucking dick move, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'll say his name even. I was like, Uncle Chris, that was the best lap dance I ever got. I've never gotten a lap dance before. But uh, that was fantastic. Even though it was to Papa Roach's scars. <laughs> the fucked up part was getting hit in the face afterwards. So he's like, no problem, man, I get you. Let's go get you a drink. Now, I'm 18. I don't, I don't drink at that point, really. I've had like three beers, and I'm a little bit toasty. So he goes up to the bar, and he goes, Hey, let me get an adios, motherfucker. If you know what that is, it's like four or five different liquors poured in a cup with some blue curacao. I'm like, all right, bet. Cool. Is this going to fuck me up? He's like, nah, man, it's cool. I was like, man, they put four liquors. Nah, man, it's cool. It's cool. So I chugged the thing. Like I, said, it's cool. I chugged this drink in like a minute and a half. 30 minutes later, I'm on the fucking stage of the dance floor. Like gyrating, like having a good time. And, and, and the, the, the female that happened to be on stage was into it. Was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dancing with me and all this shit. I'm fucked up. So... Everything's cool for a little bit, but the bouncer wasn't cool with it. I was too close to his girl. So the bouncer comes up and like walks up to the stage and is like, hey man, you got to get the fuck off. I was like, nah, man, it's cool. Like we're chilling, we're dancing, we're having a good time. He goes, nah, grabs my shirt, pulls me off the stage. Obviously I fall off the stage, hit the ground. And my uncle Hefe, who had come back in was like, no, 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 this is not how we're doing this, blah, 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 like kids young, whatever. So he takes me and he's like, no, nah, it's cool, man. We're just, we're chilling. Like we're having a good time. It's a bachelor party, whatever. He's like, bouncer's like, no, nah, man, fuck your bouncer or fuck your bachelor. He's outside drunk, blah, blah, blah. So they kick us out. They kick the whole party out. And we're like, all right, cool, whatever. So we wait 10 minutes. And my Uncle Hefe's like, don't worry. We pay cover charge. We go back in. No problem. All right, cool. As long as somebody's got me, we're cool. So we walk up to the bouncer. That happened to be the same bouncer that threw us out. And we're like, hey, yeah, 20 bucks a person. No problem. Shells out 80 bucks. The bouncer looks at me 
as he lets everybody else in and he goes, you going to dance on that stage again? And I was like, drunk enough, dumbass 18 year old goes, fucking maybe, dude. Full decks me, out cold. Don't remember the rest of the night. All I remember is waking up in my bed and Scars by Papa Roach. Don't you ever play that song uh, like around me again. Just, yeah, don't ever play that song. So I don't know if we're going to do this every time, but I am a, if you know me personally, a fan of interesting facts, bizarre facts. And I just want to let y'all know, we're not wooks over here, okay? We're not fucking third eye fucking expansion, although my third eye is open. I want y'all to know something, though. The man is trying to hold you down. Because I'm going to tell you why. Did you know it's against the law to interact with dolphins? Unless you're in an aquarium, zoo, theme park, etc. The reason why you're asking is not to protect the dolphins, but to stop us humans from developing connections with mammals that are actually smarter than us. Yeah, this isn't fucking Joe Rogan. I didn't take no fucking ho-ass DMT. These are facts that my boy Steve, who sells me LSD, put me on. Dolphins have a cerebral cortex that's 4% larger than humans. Did you know that? No, you fucking didn't, Karen, because you're a bitch. And they have their own language, which we're unable to comprehend. Had a crazy guy back name, first name Timmy, taking acid. Trying to figure out that language didn't work. It is considered that dolphins may have knowledge about Atlantis. Pause. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. yeah. Pause. Pause. I'm so serious. We're gonna come back in on dolphins have knowledge of Atlantis. We're gonna come back in on that. Pause. Uh, I gotta refocus really it because like, yeah, I was trying. I was trying to. <laughs> Alright, Wusa, Wusa, Wusa. Okay, dolphins have knowledge of Atlantis. <laughs> no, alright, I'm gonna go back so one second. keep all these bloopers though for like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Alright. So. Dolphins have a cerebral cortex that's 40% larger than humans and their own language, which we are unable to comprehend. It is considered that dolphins may have knowledge about Atlantis, Lemuria, etc. Which is generally hidden from the public via the Vatican archives. Yeah, you heard it first from a Catholic. The Pope is holding all this shit from us. Go talk some dolphins. This is Russ Byron from fucking grandiose bullshit. You don't have to believe everything we say. Just realize it happened. Visit us on our social media page. Grandiose bullshit on Facebook. That drunk Irishman starts making the other ones. We'll have Instagram, Twitter, Tweeter, Hinder, whatever. Maybe Bumble. And if you just feel like you want to give my boy Smyers a solid pep up, he likes Scars by Papa Roach. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Grandiose Bullshit on Castbox. If you feel inclined, leave us a message. Give us a like. Send us a fucking death threat. I don't give a shit right now. Or you can fucking. Visit our social media guy, Patty McMurphy. That's P as in Pat, 
A-D-D-Y. We're real fucking Irish people over here, all right? He ain't dropping two T's. He ain't no fucking bitch. McMurphy. M-C-M-U-R-P-H-Y. But on Facebook, he's got a grandiose bullshit page. Come visit that. Share it. Like it. Visit it. You know what I mean? Drop some weird fucking pictures on there. I don't care. Um, and then maybe if he's not drunk today, we might eventually have Instagram, Twitter, whatnot. But for now, we got Facebook. Yeah, we're old. We get it. 